leadership that is honorable. Not all leadership is honorable. When we think about there are those who are in position tonight, uh, when we think about politicians, we think about preachers and so forth and so on, just because someone holds a position, it doesn't mean that they're an honorable person, even though the position uh, may be honorable. But when we come to 2 Samuel chapter 23, we know that David here in this text has listed these mighty men that have stood with him, that have fought the battle, and these are certainly honorable men. When we get to verse number 18 uh, we uh, come to this text here tonight and we know that in this text here that the Bible is talking about Abishai and Abishai was no doubt an honorable man. The Bible says in verse number 18 that he was chief among the three. Then in verse 18 it said that he had a name among them. And verse number 19 says was he not most honorable of three. So here's a man. Abishai was no doubt a very honorable man. He was a man who knew how to follow. He was a man who knew how to fight. He was a man that knew how to finish. He finished the battle that was before him. And he was a man that knew how to fade out of sight uh, whenever it was not his responsibility to come to the forefront he was one who knew how to step aside and let others do the task that was before them as we think about him tonight he was a man of influence as the Bible says here that he was chief among the three he was a man of identity as he lifted up his spear just like Adino uh, in verse number 9 lifted up his spear uh, we know that Abishai did the same thing he did exactly what those that also were fighting and others that had gone on before him. And as I mentioned this morning, if there's ever been an hour that we need some folks to just lift up the blood-stained banner and lift up the Word of God, it's the hour in which we're standing and living tonight. Amen? And so here's a man of identity. He wanted to be identified on the right side. Now I want to be identified on the right side. Amen? We do not want to change course. We do not want to back up. We do not want to go a different route but we want to stay what we've always stayed by the grace of God and the reason for that is because we believe the Bible, amen, we're fundamentalists, we believe the fundamentals of the faith, we believe the fundamentals of the word of God and we believe the doctrines, the principles, the precepts uh, the convictions, amen uh, that this book sets, uh, sets forth uh, and by the grace of God we never plan on changing isn't that right? And so we see tonight he was a man of identity but I want you to notice something else tonight. I want you to see here that Abishai was a man of integrity. Amen. The Bible tells us that in verse number 18 that he was a man who had a name among the three. Amen. He was a man that had integrity. The definition of integrity is the quality or listen it is the, uh, it is the condition of being free from damage or defect. It means total honesty and sincerity. I want to say that's the kind of man that we read about in this text here. He was a man that was standing for the right cause. Uh, he was standing for the right side. He was a man of integrity. And he had that name. Let me just stop and say this tonight. We don't have to worry about putting a name on ourselves. Do you realize tonight I could put a name on myself, but there's that may not be a true name. That may be the way that I want to see myself, or it may be the way that I want you 
you to see myself. But society will label us. Uh, uh, listen, our brethren are going to label us. Uh, if you just live in this world, uh, uh, listen, people are going to put a name on you. And it's either going to be a good name or it's going to be a bad name. The Bible said a good name is rather to be chosen than that of great riches. Amen. I tell you, I want to have a good name, don't you? I want to have a name that honors God, a name that glorifies Him and doesn't bring a reproach on my Savior, a reproach on my family, or a reproach on the church. Can I get a witness right there? And if you and I are going to have a name amongst others, uh, uh, my friend, it's going to have to begin with integrity. Uh, I say tonight that when it comes to integrity, this man had it uh, simply because uh, uh, he believed in standing for what was right. And if you stand for what right is right, uh, you may not be popular, but you can be respected. Can I get a witness right there? And because uh, he had a name of integrity, because uh, uh, my friend, it was his responsibility and he knew that this was what was reasonable. You see, when we read about Abishai in this text, he takes this spear and he, sl- he slays 300 men. I mean, he fights the battle, but he was not fighting that battle uh, to get a name. He wasn't fighting that battle uh, to get a trophy, but he was fighting that battle because in his mind, it was the reasonable thing. It was reasonable service. And can I tell you tonight, when it comes to living for God, we don't need to do what we do for a pat on the back, but we need to have enough integrity about us uh, that we're not doing it for self-glory and self-promotion, but we're doing it because it's what's right. Amen? We're doing it because it's reasonable service. I've met some people, and you have too, they get out of church because they don't feel like they get the recognition that they thought they deserved. The only thing we deserve tonight is hell. I'm talking about the preacher tonight. I don't deserve anything tonight. And uh, sometimes uh, if people are not careful, uh, listen, they can get the, uh, they can have a pity party or feel sorry for themselves. Maybe thinking, well, uh, nobody appreciates me. Uh, nobody really recognizes me. I'm just insignificant. I mean, that's just the way the flesh will talk to us if we listen to it. But you've got to dismiss those thoughts. Uh, and you've got to remind yourself, and I have to remind myself, we're not worthy of anything tonight. And if we give our whole Life and serve God and nobody ever recognizes anything I'm telling you at the end of the day we're just unprofitable servants and it's been saved by the mercy and the grace of God and it's just good to be a part of the bride, amen it's just good to be a part of the cause amen, I'm telling you there's a whole lot of causes out there tonight I don't want anything to do with because some of them are as far out in left field as you can get, and I'll tell you the cause that we're standing for tonight, the cause my friend that we're upholding tonight It is the greatest cause on planet earth. It is for the souls of men. It is for the honor of our king. And it is for the kingdom of God. I want to say tonight, it's going to take some people that will have honorable leadership that will put forth integrity in this hour. Amen. I'm talking about doing what's right in spite of the consequences. Amen. Sometimes integrity has to stand alone as we see it in this text. Sometimes integrity is unpopular. It's unexpected acceptable to others, but it blesses those who embrace it. Amen. He, my friend, his name did not mean much to this world, but my friend, he was in the battle for what was right. Hallelujah. I'll say he was a man of integrity. Tonight, we ought to strive for that. Honesty, sincerity. Every song that we sing, 
Every sermon that we preach, every track that we pass out, every testimony that we give, it needs to come from a heart of sincerity. It doesn't matter if a man of God gets up and preaches. It doesn't matter if five people come to the altar or 50 people come to the altar. If he did what God told him to do, then he ought to be able to pillow his head at night. Amen. It doesn't matter when you sing if people raise their hand and shout. You know we like that tonight and I said something about it this morning. And you know that I'm for that. But we don't, we're not performing what is what I'm saying. We're not putting on a show. Isn't that right? And I know that you believe the same way that I'm preaching. But I tell you, there's so many places nowadays where, listen, as long as people are being entertained, as long as everything goes a certain way, then listen, that's what they're striving for. And I tell you what I believe you've come striving for tonight and what I'm striving for. We just need God, don't we? Amen. I mean, we need God's presence uh, and we need to meet with God. Uh, and we don't want to come to church and just have Sunday night and the preacher get up and preach uh, and everybody go to the house and start another week. Oh no. Uh, I'm telling you tonight, I need to hear from heaven. Uh, you need to hear from heaven. Uh, I need something from God out of this service. Uh, you need something from God out of this service tonight. Uh, I'm telling you, we need God uh, to pass by our way on a Sunday night uh, and to help us. Uh, we need help from heaven. Amen. Man, uh, before you fight the devil and face another week, uh, you need to pray in this service, dear God. Uh, would you drop something in my lap uh, that'll strengthen me for the journey and help me go on uh, and be a better Christian for the honor and the glory of God? Hallelujah. Well, I didn't feel like preaching when I started, but I sure feel like preaching right now. Amen. I'm talking about having some integrity. Amen. I'm talking about being a a man or a woman of conviction and morals and being honest and having a good report and not getting something over on somebody, but treating people right and having a testimony that pleases God. Amen. You know, there's just some things in life I won't mention them tonight because we don't have time and they don't really matter. But there are things in life that I know this tonight that God is not going to let me do them. Somebody might argue and say, well, there's not anything wrong with that. Maybe there's not. I don't know. But I know this much. God will not let me do it because number one, it's not becoming of a pastor. Amen. And number two, I mean, I tell you, I thought of something that right now uh, comes to mind, but number two, I'm telling you, listen, if, if it has even a question mark on it, I sure don't want to put a question mark Amen. on the service of God. That's not just good for preachers. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you need to evaluate your life. You need to ask yourself the things you're doing, the way you're living Is that becoming of a Sunday school teacher? Is it becoming of a song leader? Is it becoming of someone who plays the instruments? Hey, is it becoming of a member of the church? Amen. I've said it many times. I'm not being critical of people that do this. And by no means am I being critical of people that do this. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm just talking about here. Amen. What other people do is their business. But I will tell you, by the grace of God, we're not going to have a platform standard. Amen. And the reason we're not going to start a platform standard is 
in the church because, uh, listen, I, now there are men that have taken churches and they're trying to pull them out of the big ditch they're in and you got to start somewhere. Can I get an amen? And I sure can respect somebody that when there is no standard, they can get some standard started. Amen? Uh, but I'm going to tell you, for us, it would be nothing more than mere compromise uh, for me to get up and say, now there's a platform standard and you got to live a certain way and you got to do certain things uh, if you're going to be on the platform or sing in the choir. Uh, but if you're just going to be a, a member of the church, you can do anything you want to. I'm going to tell you what that is here. It's compromise. It's me letting the standard down uh, if we do that. Amen? Now, if I was taking a church tonight and this church was worldly and carnal and ate up with all kinds of things, uh, I reckon I'd have to start somewhere, so I'd probably start on a platform. Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, we're not somewhere else. We're right here. Uh, and it's important that we keep it the way it is. Uh, it ought to mean something to be a member of this church. Amen? It ought to be able to be a commitment to it, uh, uh, my friend, to, uh, to do that tonight. And it's going to take integrity. Amen? amen. Can I say this? And I'll move on quickly. It takes integrity just to sit in the pews and receive, not hear, but receive preaching. You know, I thought about when I was growing up as a young person and even as a young adult, I mean, preachers just came to you when they was concerned about you. That's the only way I know to pastor because that's the way that I was pastored. My preacher would come and say, hey, how are you doing spiritually? Well, how's this in your life? I mean, some people say, well, you're butting into my life. No, I never saw. I just thought that was someone that cared. They cared enough to ask me point, not, uh, uh, they just point, asked me point blank. I'm seeing some things here that's concerning me. I'm telling you, that's the way it ought to be, amen? That's the way people used to do it. People are so ultra sensitive and they're so touchy nowadays. Uh, uh, people tiptoe around, but I want you to get a hold of this tonight. Uh, uh, listen, integrity is you, being, and you and I being honest with ourselves about who we are and where we're at with God, amen? And we have to do that and being sincere. I'm telling you, listen, uh, Brother Green was preaching last week, uh, and I don't know, I tell you, it was a refreshing revival to my soul. And on one hand, on the other hand, he said some things that convicted my heart. And I tell you, sitting right over there, I had to bow my head and say, God, before I go to the platform, I want to ask you to forgive me. I want to ask you to help me. I don't like to publicly confess, but it does the flesh good. Amen. I'm just saying that to illustrate this point, uh, that we've got to be honest. Uh, we've got to be sincere as where we're at with God. Amen. Most dangerous thing to sit in church and never let God deal with you or deal with yourself. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of importance. The Bible says here that he had a name. He was named. He, I noticed that he was named here. His name is given in verse number 18. Now, not every name is mentioned, but he's named. He, he's numbered here. Among these, uh, these ones, these mighty men, he's needed in this text. What, what if Abishai would have decided that he was going to blow out? What if he would have went a different way? Hey, this man saved David's life at one point. He was needed in the life of the king. He was le needed in the battle. Here again, he, he, slew, he slew, slew 300 men. I want to say tonight, uh, uh, listen, leadership that is honorable is leadership that realizes they're needed. Amen? Hey, mom and dad, uh, dad and mom, 
Mom, you're needed. Amen. Your children need you to live for God. Amen. Your church needs you to stay faithful. Hey, remember, you need to stay faithful to church. You need to keep paying tithes. You need to keep giving to missions. You need to keep being here week in and week out. You say, well, nobody really, I don't really matter. Oh, you matter to heaven tonight. You matter to your church. You matter to your family. You matter to society. You matter to Christ at Calvary. He died for your soul. I'm telling you, there is no insignificant person. You're needed in the work of God. And if you quit tonight, the work of God will surely suffer. Amen. Young couples that just got married, you're needed. Amen. Young people, you're all needed tonight. Elderly people, silver-haired saints, you're needed tonight. Hey, we need those, we need them, uh, listen, we need those silver hairs too, don't we? Hey, everybody, and I thank God for the young people. I tell you, it takes both. Uh, we don't, listen, I don't believe when people get old, you push them to the side. And backlogs in the church are needed, amen. Uh, and we need them to live as long as they can. We need that generation that's been here, that's walked through life longer than we have. I'm telling you, that's blazed a trail and been faithful. Hey, young parent, uh, you look to that older generation. Don't get your information from contemporaries. Uh, don't get it off the internet. Uh, don't get it out of Dr. Sp- box book somewhere. So don't get it out of some higher education for lower living. I'll tell you where to get it my friend. You get it from them old age women Titus talked about that's lived for God and stayed faithful. You hear what they have to say. You get it from them older men that's punched the clock for 40 plus years, have been faithful have paid tithes, went to church and loved God and lived for God. You honor the gray hairs. Hallelujah. You say why? Because I want to tell you tonight, they're important. And saw Sister Kate this afternoon. And I said to her, I said, I was standing there and I said, you remember when you taught me how to make biscuits? She taught me how to make biscuits. And uh, I hadn't made too many since she taught me, but my wife can make biscuits, so it just ain't a big need. And there's not a lot of supply and demand or demand at the house, you know. And, uh, but I remember going over, Brother David, you remember, so we went over, I told her this years ago, I said, I want you to teach me how to make biscuits. She said, why? I said, because when you're gone, I'll be able to make your biscuits. And I told her this afternoon, I said, you remember when she, I don't know if she did or not, but she grinned. And uh, we talked a few minutes, and she said, I'm ready to go to heaven. I said, I know you are. I said, I said you'll see Jesus, and you'll see Brother cape and then you know what she said she said he'll probably want me to make him a biscuit (laughs) but I thought about you know I've left there blessed she's such a blessing she's going to leave this world soon but I'll tell you she's going to higher ground isn't she and I just say this brother David I just say it publicly I never met any son that's ever been any better to his mother and Brother David came. I mean that sincerely. And I, I thank God for you. And I appreciate you. But I thought about your mother. She's going to higher ground soon. She's so important, isn't she? You know what? And he already knows this, but we've, we've probably said it a thousand times to each other. But I'll tell you what we'll miss when she's gone. Her prayers. Amen. Benny May, you're so important. I know you don't feel that way. There's a praying lady. Amen. Praise for this church and got such a good spirit. 
And on and on we could go all around this church. Amen. I tell you, I found out sometimes the most influential and important people in the work of God are people that hardly ever say anything. But I tell you, they're so needed in the battle. I say that to you for this reason tonight. You may be here and say, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. But you're so important if you live for God and if you stay faithful. I'm telling you, young man, you stay in church and you live for God and you be faithful and you be a person of integrity and a person of importance. We need you. Hey, we need you, young man, to live for God all the days of your life. And boys, that young man, he's not much of a boy now. He's getting older, amen, but sitting right there on the front row and being there week in and week out. Amen. We need a young man to sit right there and be faithful. Amen. We need you boys to sit over there with those suits and ties on and be faithful. Amen. I'm telling you, it is important. We need you sitting right there next to your daddy Sunday after Sunday being faithful in the house of God. I'm telling you young ladies up front, we need everybody. Hey, I know all the time I'm picking on people and sitting in the back. I'm always looking for backsliders. Y'all know that. But the truth is, somebody's got to sit back there. Amen. I'm just glad it's y'all and not me. But somebody's got to sit back there. And I'm telling you, I thank God for the people. I'm not talking about the people that slide to the back. Can I get an amen? If you ever started up here, don't go back there. But I'm talking about for the people that sit in the back. Don't you thank God for the people that sit in the back of the church? Well, I never thought I'd say that, but I did. Somebody's got to fill it up. Everybody's important. You know, I think God will keep blessing this church if we just never let, if we never let personality take hold. The only personality that needs to dominate this place is Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Holy Spirit. But if we just all stay on the bottom shelf, is that right? I'm talking about pulpit to the back. If we just stay low, and we just, we just keep Christ lifted up. I believe God will be good to every one of us. Amen. I mean, we have to squish it out. But everybody's important. I, I look around. John Wells is probably working and he's not here tonight. He's important. Hey, man. Uh, and if you're here, I'm sorry, Brother John. I can't see everybody at one time. But I'm telling you, everybody's important. I go home sometimes and I ask my wife. I say, was so-and-so here this morning? Or was so-and-so here tonight? And she'll ask me. And we'll go down through there. Every time, if I'm ever going on Wednesday, I'll call and I'll say, how'd service go? Was it good? Did God, did we have a good service. Did people get help? You know why? Because everybody's important. Amen. I'm saying if you'll stay in the paddle, God needs you in the paddle. You're needed in the paddle tonight. Don't you waver. Don't you quit. Don't you back up. I'm telling you, your country, I'm talking about your heavenly country needs you to stay on the forefront and be faithful. Hallelujah. He He was a man of importance. He was a man of intensity. You know what the word intensity means? It means, it means the quality or state of being intense, especially extreme degrees of strength, force, energy, or feeling. The magnitude of a quality such as force or energy. Abishai was a force to reckon with. 
I don't know how this happened. I've read commentaries and some say, well, he just led in the battle. He didn't really kill 300 men because that's impossible for a man to take a spear and kill 300. It's impossible for a Dino to take a spear and kill 800 men. There's no way, humanly speaking, a man could do that. They led the army into battle and they got the credit for it. Maybe that's so. But I'll tell you, there's one thing I'm not going to cross out. Just like when David slung that little stone, there's a bigger force behind that stone than David. Amen. I'm telling you when the Dino and when Abishai threw that spear you mark it down if God wanted 300 men to drop dead with one spear he's still God enough he's still big enough to take the battle and to prove to everybody that when the odds are against you and when everybody's backed you in a corner you can't lose the battle like the songwriter said how can I lose the battle when I got God on my side. Don't you think it would have been something to throw that spear and 300 men fell at one moment I'm telling you there would have been a wind from another world come in and snuff their life out amen I just don't want to rule that out I think sometimes we figure too much out in this book, amen? And we explain how the power of God away. You say, did it happen that way? I don't know that it did, but I don't know that it didn't. But it'd be just like God to take one man out on the battlefield and said, me and him will take on the entire army. I'm telling you, when all hell's against you, you remember something. You do the honorable thing. Praise God, you stay with it. God will help you get the victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. He'll win the battle for you. He'll win the victory. Amen. You say, I don't know how that happened. There was an intensity. There was an energy that came from another world. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. You live for God, and God will fight all hell for your behalf. He'll be the force you need, the energy you need, if you'll stand for Him. The intensity, no matter the odds, no matter the outcome, no matter the obvious. What about Abishai? He walked out in the middle of, I'm talking about in the middle of this battle and he said, if I die, I'm dying on a battlefield with glory in my soul. And my friend, he did what was right even when the odds was against him. Can I tell you, sometimes the preaching gets intense, amen? Maybe like this morning, sometimes the decisions that we have to make in this hour are going to be intense. Sometimes the battle's going to get intense. But you got to have leadership that is honorable, that will not wilt and will not fade in the heat of the battle. Sometimes you just got to do the right thing and let the chips fall where they are. Amen. I love every one of you tonight. And I mean this with all my heart. I'm the least of the least in this room. And I'll tell you why I say that. Because I don't live with you. I live with me. And I know me. And I know tonight that I'm nothing but flesh. Outside the grace of God. But I'll tell you, this is not an hour to be a coward. It's not an hour to be silent. And it's not an hour to water it down. We got enough weak leadership in our churches, enough worldly leadership. We got enough worried leadership. You know, I thought about this. Preachers of old, they loved you enough that how it was was how it was going to be. Can I get an amen right there? 
Oh, they got called dictators and they got called, you know, lords, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Good godly men, they didn't listen. They didn't check your pulse when they got through preaching to see how you felt about it. They just laid her out there, Brother Mike, and they preached and they went home and ate fried chicken and potatoes. (laughs) And I wrote this down. Thank God I grew up when preachers were not diplomatic, but they were dogmatic. Seemed like nobody wants to be dogmatic no more. Y'all remember that, don't you? Men of God, they weren't diplomatic. They weren't easing around the subject. No, they just come out of a prayer closet with a King James Bible in their hand and Jesus in their heart and they is mad at the devil, amen and they chased him during the sermon and they preached against everything they could think of, uh, they wasn't worried about uh, the offering, they wasn't worried about uh, uh, getting another revival meeting, they wasn't worried about what somebody was going to say when they went home that week, uh, I'm telling you listen, they had been in a prayer closet and been along with God uh, and the intensity that was in their soul uh, the force, uh, the energy, the Holy Ghost was burning in their spirit they had a burden on them when they went to the pulpit and the only thing that was going to relieve them was to deliver what God had put in their soul that's what we need in this hour we don't need something that will touch the intellect, we need something that will have power from above that my friend will get a hold of you we need something with some intensity to it, amen I don't want to make nobody mad I mean even if you got mad tonight at least at least we touched your feelings. <laughs> I don't want you to get mad. If you're mad, I hope you get over it. But I ain't going to lose no sleep about it. I learned a long time ago. The only time you need to lose sleep over preaching is if you said something God didn't want you to say or you didn't do something God wants you to do. But I'll tell you, I thank God for preachers who were dogmatic. They're going to make fun of us. They're going to make fun of you, but I say let them do it. Don't you thank God that we've got some things that are just cannot be moved on tonight. Then I'll say this. He was a man of individuality. Notice what the last verse says. Was he not most honorable of them? Look at this last phrase. Therefore, he was their captain. Thank God for some men who will be captains. How be it? Notice this. He attained not unto the first three. You know what I like about that phrase? He attained not unto the first three. Oh, he lifted up his spear just like a Dino did, but he wasn't trying to be a Dino. He wasn't trying to be Eleazar. He wasn't trying to be Shama. He was a man of individuality. He wasn't the leader. He wasn't the great uh, military leader. He wasn't chief among the captains like Adino that sat in the seat, but he wasn't trying to sit in his seat. God had made him chief among three. And what he was doing was just trying to be who he was. You know, tonight that's what we need. Honorable leadership is not fake. It's not a, a person that's fickle. It's not someone who is a follower. It's not one who's, someone who's trying to be anyone other than themselves. An honorable leader is known by his character, his conduct, his conversation, his commitment, and his conviction. Sadly, but there's a lot of people, a lot of preachers today, they have talent, they have charisma, they have positions, they even have popularity. But they're not known for being honorable men. 
Tonight it ought to be the desire of every one of us because in some form or some fashion, every one of us is a leader on some level tonight. And what ought to be most important in our life is that we do it honorably. Be an honorable husband. Be an honorable wife. Be an honorable teenager in the youth group. Do the honorable thing even if nobody else does. Be honorable. Be an honorable church member, pastor, Sunday school teacher. Give your best. It's the honorable thing not to just throw together something, but to give your best. More than your best, give your heart. Be honorable. Let it come from sincerity. Be a person of individuality. Don't follow trends. Don't follow fads. Follow Christ. The most honorable person who ever lived was Jesus Christ. And he still lives. He's alive today. And if you'll follow Christ, no matter what others do, you'll always do the honorable thing. I'll close with this illustration. I read it this morning and I thought how fitting it was. Thomas Hawker was sentenced to die at the stake for his faith in Jesus Christ. When his friends visited him in the English prison cell days before his execution, they were overwhelmed. It made such an impact in their life. And one said, I have heard that God gives a special grace to those who die in the fire that enables them to bear the pain of the flames. For your sake that I might be able to bear this cruelty to you, can you give us some sign of it? Without knowing this, I don't believe I can bear that day. Thomas thought for a moment. He said, if the rage of pain can be tolerated before I die, I will lift up my hands to heaven as an indication. On the day of execution, the crowd was abuzz with Thomas's promise. As he was chained to the stake, he spoke quietly, and the great great he spoke with great grace to the men who laid the wood around his body. Then he closed his eyes, and the fire was kindled. Thomas continued to preach to those around him, but soon, for the roar of the flames, he could not. All were sure that he had died, but suddenly. His hands rose up above his head to his God. And with praise and thanksgiving, he clapped them three times. And a shout rose in the crowd. And Thomas sank in the fire and gave up his spirit. You know what this man did? He was an honorable leader to the very end. I want to tell you tonight, that's how I want to die. I hope I will. I don't know that I will because I don't know the future and I don't even know this flesh tonight. But by the grace of God, I don't need a name and we don't need fame. I'm going to tell you something tonight, Miss Sheila, you come. We don't even need gain in this life. We need to be honorable, don't we? You know, that's why God's got this church here. That's why He's got me and you here after all these years. It's a place to help us to live an honorable Christian life. To do what's right in spite of the odds, the popularity, the circumstances, and even when no one's around, to be honorable in our life. I, I think tonight, Dad, Mom, the preacher could preach a thousand sermons to your children. But how you live in front of them in your home is going to weigh far more heavier than any amount of sermons me or anybody else could ever preach to them.
your life. And young people, I would say to you tonight, here you know that your parents are not perfect. You, when you live with people every day, you see their mistakes. You see their... But you don't look at the, the one thing, this thing. That, you don't look at the one flaw that they, your parents have. You know what you look at? You look at the overall, the big picture. You take a big step back and you look at your parents who go to work every day, who get a paycheck, who put the roof over your head, who, who washes your dirty clothes, who mops the floors. You look at the big picture. You look at the, all the Sunday mornings and the Sunday nights and the Wednesday nights that they brought you to the house of God. After being tired, you look at the times when then they were sick. But they still took care of you. You see, you look at the big picture. And when you see the big picture, how's your parents? You don't see them losing their temper, do you? You don't see them. You know, I think about my parents tonight. And they weren't saved till later in life, but you know, I think about that. I think about a dad who taught me how to garden. I think about a mother on a small amount of money. She would buy groceries, the same groceries every week because she had it figured to the penny, but she bought, but I never went hungry. Oh, I ate some mustard sandwiches. Anybody ever had a mustard sandwich? They're terrible. We ate them sometimes, but we didn't go hungry. I think about all the times she stood over that stove. I think about, you know, all the times she, she washed dishes and, and, and the, she, she washed my clothes. And, you know, I think about the big picture tonight. I'm glad God sees a big picture. You know what 2 Samuel 23 is? I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the big picture of men who fought bloody battles, but they stayed true. Tonight as we stand.